0: I wanna go to Camp I want go, I want go to
1: Camp Hey, we're Riot Squad, a female-powered media agency proudly presenting Camp Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's first and only DIY punk rock summer camp. September 1st through 3rd in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Come camp with us for three nights of non-stop punk rock all weekend long with over 40 bands and tons of
0: activities.
1: Tickets on sale now at Camp Punksylvania.com. That's Camp dot A.com. See you there. Love this podcast.
0: Welcome to your life the mixtape presents headliners each week I am joined by the best and the brightest stars of music from all over the world to find out a little bit about what makes them tick this week I am joined by a rock artist who was raised in Nottingham and is now in London uh, he recently released a single called all my friends please welcome the absolutely amazing Drew Thomas hello
1: sir Hello, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. I'm very excited to have you on the show. Amazing. No, it's, it's great. I love just, I love kind of trying to spread the message of my music and stuff. So I'm really happy to be here. So tell me, um, what is the worst question you've ever been asked in an interview? The worst question. Uh, someone once asked me how much money I make from music. And at the start, i kind of i I was kind of blown away by it because i was like oh wow i'd make no money from it but they were they were wanting me to break down how much money i made from shows how much money i made from everything and i can tell you it's a very low figure (laughs) so so that's probably the worst one because i don't think it was as impressive as they wanted it to be Wow, i i
0: was always raised that it was not polite to ask people about money um especially
1: people you don't know I'll say, yeah, it kind of threw me back a little bit. But I think it was kind of, I think there's this kind of culture of kind of trying to dig people out and try to find out more about them by asking um, some out there questions. So <laughs> my answer was a bit awkward. but
0: <laughs> <laughs> If uh, you could collaborate with any musician, living or dead, who would you pick? Oh,
1: wow. Okay. So I'd say living, um... I mean, I, I love her so much. And it's it's such a guilty pleasure of mine, but I don't even think it needs to be guilty anymore. Um, so I'd probably say Taylor Swift. I just have such a, such a love for her. And I don't, I can't even explain it. I just think her songs are amazing. And I think no matter how heavy my music could be or how many guitars I throw in my music, I can literally put on a Taylor Swift song and be like, that is it. <laughs> nice. So I, I'd definitely say Taylor Swift probably would be a great collab and in terms of Probably maybe writing, I'd probably go with someone like Jim Morrison or someone like a legend from the past, but I think presently we'd go with Taylor Swift
0: excellent, I like that um i I had somebody the other day describe uh, describe her as the cute Bob Dylan of our generation, and I was like, that yeah,
1: okay, oh my God, yes, yeah, i would never even thought of that, yeah, cute Bob Dylan of our generation, um, yeah i'm I'm gonna steal that
0: (laughs) (laughs) um describe your latest project using only one
1: word oh i'm gonna say gutsy nice i like that gutsy yeah we'll go with that
0: and if we're if we're talking about all my friends i'm gonna say that the word is banger (laughs) <laughs> because that song goes so hard and I love everything about it.
1: Oh, thank you. That means a lot. I feel like a lot of the time I put music out, It sometimes it takes a while to grow or it takes a while for people to really resonate with it. Sometimes, obviously, some music takes a few listens. But I feel All My Friends is one of those songs, where the first time you hear it, you kind of get what it's on about. And I think that's such an important thing as a songwriter to understand is the songs that that need to need to make the impact straight away and i really think that all my friends is one of those absolutely it is
0: uh, who is an artist that if they asked you right now you would drop everything
1: and go on tour with them uh that, that doesn't even take me a second to think I, if the killers asked me to go on tour with them i would sell all my things i would <laughs> <laughs> I would I'd play on stage naked i would do whatever it took just to open for them they're literally like in my opinion the epitome of like stadium rock bands so I just would yeah the killers if they asked me to go on tour I would probably if it, even if it was in America I'd probably just like walk there I don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic that'd be a hell of a tour it would I feel like as in terms of when I'm producing music and when I'm writing music it's bands like The Killers where I go, I need to sound as big as they sound. And if it doesn't sound as big as they sound, then i failed. So I feel like I'd be a good kind of choice of an opener for them because I don't think I'd make them sound bad. And obviously the point of an opener is to, is to kind, of, kind of warm the crowd up. And I think my sound's kind of similar enough that when The Killers came on and blew me away, it would be completely acceptable. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: If you could change one
1: thing about the music industry what would it be oh one thing um i would pick and there's one thing that i really really don't like because i find it quite difficult and if and i find it's, it's one of those things that you can't really help but i find it kind of a lot of the industry is about who you know and it's about what contacts you have and about who your parents were or who you what, what label you're on with or who your manager is and i think as an independent artist when you don't have all these things, you don't have all these kind of these plinths that kind of hold you up. It's quite difficult to, to make an impact and to reach listeners that you want to reach and to make the progress you want to make without knowing the right people and without knowing who's in with this person or who's been right with that person. I think it feels always like a hidden like circle that you're not in. And I'm sure it feels like that to some big artists as well. I think it's just such a massive industry. But I do feel like it's very, very difficult sometimes to crack. Um, the, who you, the right people are and how to kind of make progress by yourself being independent so I guess if I could change one thing it would be that everyone's a bit more open to listen to everyone and to work with everyone because it's quite difficult to write with some amazing writers if you've not had like a cut with an on another song or it's hard to to play a show unless you know the promoter that's putting the show on so there's a lot of kind of who you know with the music industry which can which can be good for people that know the right people but if you don't it's it's a big struggle so i guess that'll be the one thing
0: that's a fantastic answer and 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 since i've since i've done this show that's that's a very common answer that like it's there's a lot of well you know you don't know this person this person or this person so i can't help you
1: yeah, it's and it's it's tough as well because when you're when you're putting um all your time and passion, energy and money and everything into a project and to kind of have a no before anyone's even listened just because it's not been solicited in the right way by the right person, just kind of demeans the whole art of it. And it kind of makes it makes you feel like all those hours you put in, although you loved it and although it's you don't regret a minute of it, it feels like it's just sometimes underappreciated. So I guess it's, it's a frustration. It's something that obviously I, I, I won't stop and I won't stop making music or ever let it get the best of me, but it's just one of those necessary evils that is just sometimes in the way. Yeah. What's a venue that you would give anything to play? So, oh, so I'd say <clears throat> in the UK, uh, there's a festival, which you probably obviously know, called Glastonbury, which is just like the pinnacle of any festival. So if I think I could play the Pyramid Stage at Glastonbury, I know it's a festival, so it's not quite a venue, but I'd say Glastonbury Festival, Pyramid Stage, in the middle of the afternoon. Not headlining, because I feel like that's just such an out there kind of dream, but to be maybe five o'clock on the Pyramid Stage, playing as the sun kind of starts to go down, would be the dream um, but I'd also say that venue wise, I'd, I'd love to do is um, we have an arena in the UK called Wembley Arena, and it's not as big as another one called O2 Arena, but it's just a perfect size. It's kind of the size where you go, I think I've made it now. <laughs> so nice. I'd say I'd say it's like it's about 10,000 people. And I think once you can play that in your own right and you can sell that out, that's kind of the the tick of, yeah, you've you've made the impact. You've kind of done it. That's fantastic,
0: and uh, Glastonbury is like I'm not a big festival person, but like Glastonbury is the one that I do want to go to.
1: Yeah, I actually I went as a as a punter this year just to just to with my friends just to kind of have a great weekend, and it's just so big. Like it's not even it's the size of of a of a town, and you just. I thought I'd seen all of it. And then I went back online. I looked at TikTok, I looked at Twitter and there were so many areas of it I'd never even noticed. And there were so many performances I didn't see. It's just, it's wild. It's the biggest festival I've ever seen in my life. It's just, it's just something else.
0: What's your worst habit during the songwriting
1: process? I think my worst habit, and it's one thing that I always work on is chasing an idea, that isn't working and some of my songs including all my friends were probably written the base of them in about five minutes and it's i always see it as almost like you're kind of catching a cloud as it goes past and you're catching a moment and if a song is taking hours to think of a melody or to to fix a lyric or something like that sometimes it's best to just put it on the side for a bit and move on and i think for me i'm always If if I've grown attached to a melody or to a lyric or to a part, it can be very easy to not see the full picture sometimes and go, this song isn't actually that great. And it's hard to look in perspective. So I'd say my worst habit is maybe going down the rabbit hole on an idea that's not working. But I feel like nowadays, if I've got a melody idea in my head, I have to pick up my guitar and have to do it right then. Because if I don't and I lose it, I'll just be annoyed at myself. So that will probably be my worst (laughs) habit.
0: What's a song that whenever you hear it, you go,
1: damn, I wish I wrote that? Just one. Wow. Okay. Um, I'd say uh, there's a song by The Fray called uh, Over My Head, Cable Car. And it's so it's so my kind of song I'd write, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, so every time I hear it, I'm like, I would have done that chorus. I would have done that. But it's such a banger. I'm like, oh, I wish I'd written that song um and just the lyrics are so kind of simple but effective and the Frey are just they've got this kind of um this kind of genius songwriting ability anyway and I'd say if I was going to compare my songwriting to a band that from the past 10-15 years it would definitely be them so I think every time I hear that song I go yeah either I listen to that and it influenced me or somewhere along the line we had a very similar style but I'd say yeah it's definitely over my head by the Frey. I can, I can see that. I could, I could, yeah, that tracks, <laughs> that tracks. Even, even the guitar solo, is unlike the, um, the piano parts. I'm like, oh, I write stuff like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Describe your perfect
1: day. My perfect day. Um, I'd say, and today could be a perfect day. Um, because I don't have to, I have a, job on the side where I kind of have to go and sometimes I write for other artists sometimes I work events but today I've got a show a headline show in London so all day I've got kind of interviews and I've got uh we'll be hanging out with the band beforehand then I'm going to be playing a show which is sold really well and I'd say as a musician it kind of fulfills all the things I love which are kind of being around friends doing my music all day and then playing a wicked show at the end so I think any day that's like that is always going to be one of my favorite days. That or a day at a festival where i'm just seeing all my favorite artists um yeah i'm, I'm quite easy to please if it's music related it's probably quite a good day <laughs> nice
0: what's a song lyric um yours or somebody else's that's always stuck with you
1: Who um there's one in I, I mean one of mine and i was thinking about it yesterday um it's in a song i've got. That I actually put on my first EP called Somebody You Needed. Um and it's quite a simple lyric. It's just uh, we'll stay in disarray it's the perfect holiday. Um and it the, the idea of the lyric when I wrote it was more kind of this this the beauty of being naive and the beauty of kind of not not of not addressing issues and this this kind of feeling that when especially in modern culture we've got so many distractions and so many things going on sometimes it's nice just to kind of switch yourself off and just to to scroll on your phone or just to to not address any of your life problems. And it just kind of feels like it's almost a break sometimes when you do that to not have to deal with what's on the news, not have to deal with what's on in your job, what's kind of going wrong, how much money you've got, how like your relationship's going. It's nice just to switch yourself off, even if it's a naive switch off. So I feel like that lyric or every time I sing it and every time I I've heard it back when I've listened to recordings, I'm like that's just it sums up that feeling. So that's the first one that comes to mind. That's fantastic. That's a fantastic lyric too. I like oh, that. Thank you.
0: What is uh, your favorite cuss word?
1: Ooh, I my favorite cuss word. Now, I say the obvious one is obviously just fuck, isn't it? Because it's like, wow, yeah, just just the F word. Just I'm allowed to I'm allowed to swear. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's misleading question if I'm not. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd say, yeah, it, it could be fucking this, fucking that. It's just such, it's 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 basically like a, it's just the easy word to put on everything. And my mum always says that saying um, the word fuck's good because it's got like really strong consonants on. So the. Is like really, (laughs) it's really powerful when you say it. It's just got, it might sound different, different accents, but it's quite a relief when you say it. So there must be some kind of psychology about why everyone likes saying that word. Um, And I also think that now it's just every single pop star seems to use it in songs. So I feel like it's it's almost become like a non-cuss word because people just use it all the time.
0: And I feel like you can, you can always tell like how, frustrated or angry somebody is by
1: where the emphasis on fuck is yeah totally yeah it's like if it's more on the uh it's like they're really annoyed like fuck like it's really annoyed but if it's just like a fuck it's like oh just a little accident so it's just it's just got it's got a lot of a lot of things you can do with it so i'll go i'm gonna go with fuck excellent What's your favorite Beyonce song? Oh God, I'm going to go OG Beyonce and say baby boy now. And the reason for this is Beyonce's obviously got a lot of bangers. Um, A lot. and I know a lot of people that have kind of been involved in the writing process with her or for her. And I just think that her earlier stuff, when she kind of was just fresh from Destiny's Child when I was a kid, um, it was just everywhere and i mean she is obviously has been everywhere for ages and ages but at that time it was kind of everywhere was playing crazy in love uh everyone was playing baby boy and i think one of my friends who there uh there uh, uh artist duo called minerva they did a remix of baby boy and it just slaps it's so good so i just listen to that all the time and so i think her like original stuff was just like pop at its best so i'm gonna go with that
0: Excellent answer! Excellent answer! Fantastic song! Well done!
1: <laughs> Thanks.
0: What is something that people would be surprised that you own?
1: Oh, surprised that I own! I'm looking around my room right now <laughs> to, see, <laughs> to see if there's anything out there. Um, I have a I have a lot of strange shaped African drums, and I never use them for recording. They are literally just That being still things that collect dust but i would never ever get rid of them they're kind of from trips from like morocco and places like that um and i just they're just completely pointless like they don't even sound good but i think just just to have them collecting dust in 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 a room is just the maybe the point of them so they're they're just an odd thing to have so i'm gonna pick them that's cool as shit i like that Yeah, it feels it feels silly to have musical instruments that you never touch or never use and look stupid, but I just I quite like them.
0: Nice. Um, so in in America, uh, we we have this mountain that we we carved faces into, and they're the faces of former presidents who were like great leaders of the country. Um if there was it is called Mount Rushmore, uh, and if there was there was a musical Mount Rushmore for you, whose face would be on
1: the side of that mountain? Do I have to pick four, or just one? Uh,
0: let's do all four. Yeah.
1: Okay, so I'm just I'm just ca- quickly calculating a list now, and I'm going <laughs> to go with the first one. And just just for, for my musical, is this just for mine or just for a general what I think it should be? Um. For you who for who me would be okay. It? yeah <laughs> okay, so the first face on the left would be uh Mick Fleetwood for nice. Fleetwood Mac. I feel and I actually I love I love Fleetwood Mac a lot, a lot. They're my they're probably my favorite band, but um I'd say and Mick Fleetwood obviously is is the drummer and I pick him because he kind of held the band together and they all just they're all they were all just a little bit crazy and a bit fucked up for quite a while. Um <laughs> uh, But I feel like Mick Fleetwood is kind of, he's still in it. He kind of has been in it from the start. And I feel that shows kind of a legacy and shows kind of uh, persistency as well. So I'm going to go with uh, Mick Fleetwood. Uh, I'm then going to go with Taylor Swift, because obviously I mentioned earlier, I'm obsessed with her and I feel like (laughs) modern, pop, female rock, whatever we want to call it, Taylor Swift. Um, Who else am I going to pick? I, I, this, this is such a good question. I can't, I can't tell you how good this question is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm then going to go with someone actually that I'm obsessed with now and it, I actually wasn't for a long time and it took me a really, really long time to really appreciate um, them. But I'd go with Bon Iver just nice. because it's, it's kind of the music, I think, that, that when you listen to it, it's a complete mood and it completely, I think it shows maturity when you kind of understand it. Um, so we're going to go with Bon Iver for the third one. And I think he'd be happy to be next to Taylor Swift because they write songs together all the time. So, Um, and then I think the last one would be Tom York from Radiohead. I know I'm picking a lot of like big, um, big artists here, but I think lead singer, Tom York, Radiohead, I just everything they do, I think is just so out there and cool. So, Um, yeah, Tom York. So we've got Mick Fleetwood, Taylor Swift, Bonifa, and Tom York. There we go. Bam. Excellent choices. Well done. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Using only colors. Describe
1: your music. Only colors. Okay. So I'd go with, start off with a nice kind of a deep bright brown, because I feel like it's got this, Throwback vintage seventies color, and I think when you, when you think of when I think of the seventies, and when I think of the era where all these big pop songs were were and big rock songs were were being written and being released, it's got this kind of such classy vintage kind of look to it. So I'd go with like a, and that's what influences me a lot. So I'm going to go with a with a nice dark kind of woody brown. Um, I'm going to match that with like a mustard yellow because I think. That, you know, it's my favourite colour. And I also think that it kind of goes quite nicely with that brown and it kind of brings it to life. It's got that kind of sepia kind of feel, mustard yellow as well. Um, and another colour would be just a blank white or like an ivory kind of white because you can kind of put whatever colour color you want on it and it will tell you a different story. So it kind of has the the brown and the yellow would show my kind of influences and my inspiration and then my present I think is just like a slightly tainted white because you can kind of make it what you want awesome that's
0: probably the best answer to that question I've gotten
1: really yeah I I, I love that and that was I just just on the spot as well (laughs) I (laughs) love that so
0: you are uh, the lead singer of uh, a super group. Okay. Um, who are the other members?
1: Ooh, now I feel, now this is, this is going to be a difficult question because I'd always be scared of having band members that completely outshine me and they're better than me. So my first thought was having Dave Grohl on drums, but he's also an incredible singer and guitarist. And I feel like I'm not, as good at any of those things probably as Dave Brown is so although he'd be on drums he would not be allowed to come off the drums or sing back <laughs> and vocals because he'd make me sound bad <laughs> so we could have put Dave Brown on drums um guitar wise I'd want someone that could um sing nice harmonies um and be a really cool guitarist as well so I'm actually going to pick maybe Stevie Nicks because I nice. feel like it's nice having the male female kind of harmonies and she's just, she's just great. I'm not sure whether I'd have Stevie Nicks now or whether I'd have her from like the 80s, but we'll go, we'll just go with Stevie Nicks either way. And then on bass. Oh God. Bass. Actually, now this is going to sound really um, sappy. My current, one of my members of my old band was a guy called Phil and he plays with me now as well. Um, and I just think he's wicked. I think he he always helps with everything. He puts all like the, the tracks together. He writes like helps write a lot of the parts and he's just so loyal with everything. So although he's not famous and he's not, I would say he's you he, he he might not be fit for a super group. I think he'd be fit for my supergroup. So we're gonna go with his name's Phil Clark. So we're gonna go with him on bass. Shout out to Phil Clark. Shout out to Phil Clark. I'm gonna make sure he listens to this <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's fantastic,
1: and you know it's your super group, so yeah, I feel like we can't have too many heavy hitters either. It can't just be if Dave Grohl and Stevie Nicks are kind of the biggest people you could possibly get in a super group, so I feel like we need to bring it down a little bit with with the with the star talent, you know what I mean, love it, yeah,
0: so the you're you're given the keys to the kingdom so to speak um and the music industry gods come down from on high and they push a mountain of cash at you and they say drew you're allowed to cover one song from any artist's catalog money is no object what song do you pick
1: Ooh, just one song um now my head went straight to Go Your Own Way by Fleetwood Mac which I do cover on gigs but I feel like I could have a better answer than that so I'm gonna go with um I'm gonna go with I need to think about this now this is this is this I know I know and I I'd do it just because obviously I've mentioned them already but When You Were Young by The Killers oh nice And I feel like it's a song. I mean, everyone knows Mr. Brightside and everyone. And that's obviously their their big, big song. But I feel like When You Were Young is actually a better song. And I feel like I need to to reinvent it and make it big again. And then everyone will probably go back and listen to their version and be like, wow, it's better. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to go with When You Were Young by The Killers. Excellent song. God, I haven't listened to that forever. (laughs) I'm going to have to do that today. It's so good. It's such a driving song as well. Just put it on. If you're on a train, in the car, wherever you are, when you're moving, it's great.
0: What's a song that you've written that you feel like would be
1: perfect for a film soundtrack? Ooh, now, I've got two. One of them is, I've got a song called Trying to Be You, which is a song I close my sets with live. And it's the lead track on my latest EP, uh, which is called Daybreak. And it's basically a song about constantly comparing yourself to other people um constantly kind of thinking being jealous of other people's progress and not being completely honest with you are and not loving your own journey and i think it's got such a it's got such a kind of soaring chorus you can see it in one of these coming of life coming of age sorry uh teenage kind of coming of age films i think it would be perfect near the end just as the the protagonist has kind of found themselves in life and then trying to be you by drew thomas plays in the background i think that's going to be the one it's either that or it's a song called mayflies and i actually got a tattoo of a mayfly on my arm a few months ago because i just love the song so much that and it's it's just a track on the ep but it's basically about overcoming addiction and overcoming kind of trauma and i think it's quite an important one so that would be maybe more for for a kind of quieter scene or more of a more of a somber tone. So yeah, Trying to Be You and a song called Mayface.
0: Fantastic. So this next question is uh, kind of a choose your own adventure type thing. Um, I have three of the most cliched questions uh, that musicians tend to get asked in every interview. And uh, you can pick one that you would like to answer and your choices are who are your influences what got you started in music or what is your creative process like
1: um I'm gonna go with the last one I believe what's my uh creative process like I'd say as a writer and as someone that's I've been writing for, for the majority of my kind of teenage and adult life and I think it's always comes from, from an idea, from a line, from a hook. And I think it. I kind of see it almost as like a tree building or like a, a plant just kind of growing. Um, and you kind of start with an, I always start with an idea and whether it be a few words, whether it would be something that I think is a little bit out there, like for example, all my friends are having babies. I never thought I could put that lyric in a song <laughs> and anyone take it seriously, but, kind of, <laughs> um, but it kind of it's now out. But it starts with that, and then I kind of grow it, and I want to say what 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 can work around this line, what can work around this idea, uh, and what kind of springs, what kind, what does my what does my body kind of want to say, and what does my mind kind of ha- ha- have related to that in my head. And I'd say that songwriting to me can be it's a very fast and a very um instant kind of process and that's how I think it works best which is why sometimes when I'm co-write with people I like to have the ideas straight away and I get a little bit kind of hyper about good ideas because I just feel like it kind of it needs to happen as soon as possible otherwise you can kind of lose it so I'd say after that after I've got a stem of a song and a stem of an idea of the verse and chorus I usually test out live I'll book a small show or I'll do even an open mic night if I'm desperate to get feedback on a song and just see how it goes down see how it feels to play and if it's if it feels great then I'll then book some studio time and take it in and usually it feels like the best process because it's almost like I've, I've taken an idea through the writing process through the live process and then I've made it its full studio um recording and it just feels like it's got it has to pass each stage to get to the end. To then be released and everyone hear it.
0: Nice. What is your strangest pre-show ritual?
1: Strangest pre-show ritual. Um, so, I guess it's, it's it wouldn't be too strange, but I, as I've grown up and as I've had um, played a lot of shows, I've had kind of some some upper back issues so my physio always was just like that you need to do this before you play like an hour on stage with guitar where you kind of head banging and moving around so I've got these stretches that I have to do just before I go on stage which basically I pull my arms like all the way behind my back over my head and stretch for a bit and the last time I did it in London, I, I was in view of like the whole audience and they all just saw me do this weird contortion with my hands and my neck and everyone was like yeah that looks a bit weird (laughs) so i've had to make sure i just like hide myself now especially when you play small venues as well there's no space anywhere so (laughs) so just doing weird shapes with my arms and clicking stuff just isn't isn't the right kind of vibe for going on stage when you're trying to impress people so i'm gonna (laughs) i think i'm gonna keep that to the dressing room moving forward nice do you consider yourself an artist
0: or an entertainer
1: I would definitely say an artist to start with, but I do think that, especially nowadays, it's kind of a musician's job to do both of them. I feel like it all starts with being an artist. It all starts with kind of being the person that's creating that moment, creating that art, creating that feeling, but to then kind of push that and to then to to express that, you need to be an entertainer. You need to, like, if, if you take people like Harry Styles, for example, He's a great writer he's got a great team of writers that write with him but one of the things that is really always kind of been one thing he's great at is he can hold a room of ten hundred a 1, thousand hundred thousand people in the palm of his hand because he's entertained them with his music and i think it te- if, if you kind of really really want to make a name for yourself and you really want to show a pre- showcase your art in the best way you need to be able to entertain people with it because any if, if not you could just press play on a recording and, and they could just listen to it like that i think you have to have a form of of showmanship in you to really be able to sell your art to people so they don't just want to listen to it they want to invest their time in it and see it live and really invest in the whole journey
0: nice it's an excellent answer thank you <laughs> <laughs> how many alarms does it take
1: to get you out of bed in the morning Oh, too many. I think <laughs> I love the idea of being a morning person, and obviously, there's times, especially when I've got studio time or when I'm uh, when I'm kind of traveling. I, you have to get up early. Um, I'd say naturally, if I didn't have a purpose to get up, it would take me about fifteen alarms. But if I know I need to get up in the morning, I'd say we're going maximum three. So I think it's all about the importance of why I need to get up. So if I if there's no importance, I would just I could probably just snooze all the way through the morning so it's good if people put me in for things in the morning (laughs) (laughs) because because you know i have to do them and i have to get up so i say it ranges between about three to about 33. nice i i i feel that um for 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 the listeners
0: um at home it is uh six o'clock in the morning where i am and in order to be fully functional for this i had to get up two hours prior to um the start of this recording. Otherwise, you would just be listening to Drew talk to himself for the duration of this podcast because I would still be asleep.
1: I mean, that is commitment. I, <laughs> I, I, I applaud you, definitely.
0: Time zones are dumb.
1: I hate them, but... Yeah, it just it shows dedication to, to this show. I, I, I commend you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
0: uh, what is do you think the biggest
1: misconception about musicians well biggest misconception i'd say um one thing that i and i actually have this misconception sometimes is that musicians are lazy (laughs) (laughs) because and i know a lot of time people think oh it's just it's just and it's, it's this really really old school mentality that um it's not hard to make music and i it goes from me thinking of maybe something my dad said on a whim like years and years ago um (laughs) and just having the comment that was kind of like oh it's just a song and i always think sometimes and that all that 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 comment i always go it's just a song it's not just a song it's so much more than the song um and i think Mentally being a musician, especially if you're working jobs on the side uh, to pay rent or if you're kind of working for other artists as well. It's such a mentally draining thing to do. It's so and there's so many kind of ups and downs, especially when it comes to the music industry as well. I'd say the idea that musicians are lazy or musicians don't work hard is nine times out of ten, just completely false. And it's, it's the hardest thing in my life. I could ever imagine doing because it's just so mentally and emotionally draining but it's so rewarding even for the little wins so i'd say that would be mine musicians aren't lazy take note
0: (laughs) that's right i you know i i commend anybody you know from like songwriters and you know performers because to put a part of yourself into something and then put it out there for public consumption and then to do that over and over and over again because then you've, you've got singles and then you've got EPs and albums and music videos and tours and you just like you're constantly giving people bits and pieces of yourself and I just I I couldn't do it that's why I do
1: this uh, <laughs> no I think I think that, that that's right though and I think as well I don't know, I don't know if this is true and whether you'd agree or whether it's just my experience of it. But I think people and I remember being a kid or and um, being a teenager when I was at school when people were into different music and the amount of people that would be that would say that band's shit or that song's shit and like oh that's that song's crap. And you'd go, okay, and well, that's someone's and that's someone's whole life that they've put into that song. And I don't think people do it in the same Uh, in the same way with other things I don't think you look at a piece of art and go that's shit I think you go I don't get it or you go oh it's not for me but I think with music because it's so relatable and because it's so accessible and everyone has access opinion on it everyone can listen to it people can go have such harsh opinions of it and they can it works the other way as well they can be like that band saved my life or that song's like the best thing ever and I I fucking love that that album and it works both ways but I think music gives such an emotional like massive 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 range to people and I always thought I and I still think it now when people go oh that band's shit or that band's terrible you go well they're not they just you just don't like them there's clearly a reason why you couldn't even hear them in the first place because they they, they mean something to someone which is why you're listening to them now um, because they've managed to reach you so I always think that it's I think people feel like they have a license to really really have a strong, strong opinion on music, which is great, but also can have its, have its downsides as well.
0: I, I absolutely agree. It's, you know, and it's, it's, it's something that um, I have been guilty of in the past and I've, I've, you know, learning that, you know, any art form is, it's, it's the opinions on it are completely subjective, you know, and you, instead of saying well their shit they suck i hate that you know i've i've started now well it's not my
1: favorite but i get it yeah yeah and i think that, that's 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 a journey i think everyone everyone has i i've definitely probably been like i hate that band or that's that. and i think everyone just naturally it's it's so easy to do but i think that the, the point where you know that you appreciate music more is just going there's a reason that that's that that's popular there's a reason that people like that um and knowing that kind of opens your eyes as well because there's so many bands and some of the bands I've mentioned today I wasn't a fan of when I was a kid I I I didn't get the hype with Bonhoeffer I didn't understand Radiohead but now they're two of my favorite artists and I go that's that's maturity on my end that's me learning and that was immaturity before with me not even having the mindset I do now but it's like you said people make mistakes people say stupid things when they're younger anyway um but it's I think it's just one thing that and I've seen it before with online with with my music as well, and like a couple comments on Twitter being like the song's shit. Okay, well that's fine. Well, the six months that were the part of the process, it's de- demeaning the whole thing. I mean, I don't mind. I, I actually have a secret thing. I quite like people not liking my music because it shows it's working. <laughs> like it shows that it's, it's giving <laughs> it's giving that emotional response from people. But <laughs> but it still it's an immaturity. I think. Yeah,
0: absolutely agree. What moment in your career are you most proud of? Uh,
1: I would say I've had quite a few really really cool moments, and like I said earlier, there's a lot of little wins. I think in music industry because a lot of it can be really tough, but I think the one I'm most proud of is I played my first proper London headline show in February. And I wasn't really expecting much, but I just released an EP and I just wanted to to play a show with a full band, see how it went. And the show ended up being completely packed and it was it was great. And there was a load of people that I didn't even know knew my music were there. A girl showed up with a tattoo of some of my lyrics on her arm. It was all mad. And then when I played, I had a song called Soho and it was the first song I ever uh, wrote. And it was about me moving to London and about a relationship I was in. and everyone in that room seemed to know this song and I played like the first note of it and everyone just sang the rest of the song. And I thought, you know, this is, this is a hundred people. This is a hundred people that this song has touched that they, they've invested their time in. And that was a moment for me. And I just think that that moment alone, if I could recreate that again and again and again, my life would just be sorted. That's, that's all I'd want. And I, I, to me that I always think back when, People say, "Oh, what's been your favourite gig? Or what's been your favourite moment?" It's always that show in London in February because I just never thought it would feel as good as it did. So, yeah, I say that. That's that's brilliant.
0: I love that. What's the first song that you remember hearing
1: in my life ever? Yeah. Oh. Um. I would say. And this is a weird one because I don't think it was the first song I ever heard. Um, but I think it was uh, a song by uh, this, an old group. I don't know if you can call them a band or they were like a boy, an early boy band called The Monkees. Okay. Um, and it's, it, it's a song that's actually in Shrek as well. But I definitely heard like the original on like radio. We have something called Radio 2, which is basically, it's a slightly older audience than Radio 1. Um, and... It's a song called I'm a Believer, which is like one of their biggest songs. And I just always remember hearing that and thinking, oh, I like this song. And at every single time with, with any music ever, when I think about a, a band or artist that I consider have ever to be my first like favorite, it was the Monkees, just because that's the first song I seem to ever really remember liking. So whether it was the first song I heard, I don't know, but it's definitely the first song I remember liking. Fantastic answer
0: first time anybody's mentioned uh the monkeys as as an answer to that question um and that's a question from one of my other shows so, oh yeah yeah
1: and, and there's a lot of there's a lot of music around that time and i think my mom just loved was, was a music fan in the 70s so has like hundreds and hundreds of uh records and tapes and i think monkeys they're not really a, an, a, an actor or a, an artist you really hear about much now, but I think they were pretty massive at the time. So yeah. uh, I think they had quite an impact on the generation before me. So I think that's it. it was, I, even now when I hear their music, I'm like, they're really good pop songs. They're really, really good.
0: They were, um, they were kind of the American answer to the Beatles. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that makes a lot of sense when
0: you listen to it, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, they, they had like a, saturday morning tv show
1: and like it was it was a whole thing oh really i didn't even know that i just i just i remember that they've got an album that's like bright i think it's like bright yellow and orange and all their faces are on it and i remember seeing that and being i think it's the first cd i was bought as well and i must have been about five six years old so it's good times
0: (laughs) (laughs) if you could start your career over from the day you decided to pursue music would you do anything differently
1: yes I would um and I think this 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 is a again it comes with with doing it a long time it comes with age but I would just completely focus on music and being better and there's so many times where I've where I've spent days emailing people or I've spent days worrying or kind of trying are uh, doing things that probably weren't making me a better writer and making me a better musician they were things that I felt I needed to do to get further in the industry and I think realistically and I think still now the whole music industry base is based on songs how good is your song and I think anything else can be molded around it and I think I just wish I'd spent more of my teenage years being better and focusing on being honest with, with who I was with my life my sexuality with everything and being Completely true to myself, rather than trying to push whatever I was doing and trying to fit into an industry that maybe I wasn't ready for yet. And I think that in in life, and especially in any career, the way you are at the start isn't how you are at the end. So I wouldn't, if I hadn't, if I can't look back now and go, I made mistakes. It'd be wrong. Like no one would ever look back and say they wish they didn't things um, the same. But I'd say if I was less hung up about making it and less hung up about kind of appeasing people and more focused on writing the best songs and being the best guitarist, and being the best pianist and being the best singer, I think I would feel a bit more pure and a bit happier within with myself as a musician because I'd feel like I'm a little bit more ahead. I don't know if that makes sense or if that sounds a bit um, babbly, but it, I just feel that when you get hung up with what other people think and how other people validate you, it kind of ruins the the pureness and the, and the magic of it. So I, d- I think I'd just try and focus more on the pure musicianship of it. But that makes complete sense. I get that.
0: Yeah. What, what keeps you up at night?
1: Uh, what keeps me up at night? I, I I think, and this is definitely a problem with social media, <laughs> is that <laughs> I am terrible at replying to people. I'm just like the worst. And I'm great at starting conversations, but I'm just terrible at holding them. Especially in person, I'm fine. But on like keeping it with WhatsApp, Messenger, tiktok instagram all the different ways you can contact people i'll always be like oh fine i'll start the conversation maybe say i have a few exchanges and then i'll have left it and they might have asked a question and i've just ignored it and i will always that's the one thing i'll go oh shit i completely forgot (laughs) to reply to that person from like two weeks ago and i can't reply now and that's just it's such a trivial thing such a thing that doesn't really matter but it kind of shows how social media and constant communications kind of ruined my brain to thinking that I've upset someone because I've just forgotten to reply. (laughs) I just don't think I'm I'm not built. I don't think to, to be, to have, I'm I'm so kind of, I've got such a skitty kind of mind. Um, I just think I I find it difficult to focus on lots of different conversations, lots of different things. So I say that's the one thing that keeps me up is just remembering all the people I've forgotten to respond to. I, I definitely I feel
0: that because I'm, I'm constantly like, I'll come back to that in like 10 minutes and then yeah, 10 minutes do, turns do. into
1: four months. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's terrible. And I know now it's i my training myself, especially if I get an email or something. I'll know if I don't if I'm looking at it and I'm giving it my attention in that time, I need to respond then. Um, and you always go, I don't want to see me go, I'll reply later, or oh, it's fine. I'll fine. find out, I'll have some time later. And later never really comes. <laughs> so you just true. end up missing it.
0: I've, I've started with my emails. If it's one that I know I have to respond to, I flag it as important.
1: But see, so I, that, it see, reminds yeah, me they, that they it's make, there. All these apps, they're built to like remind you and to help yeah. you out, bro. It's just I just never think of using tools like that. I just think, oh, I'll just remember. And you never do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> would you ever consider trying acting full time?
1: I, I mean, I would. Whether I'd be very good at it, I'm not really sure. <laughs> I think, and, and actually when I was a teenager, I was, I was in kind of like drama classes and I quite like performing arts and all that kind of stuff. But I, I think I'm also someone that, like, would just maybe if, if if I was in a situation with acting and I found something funny, I just wouldn't be able to concentrate and get it out of my head. So I'd say as much as I try, I think I'd also be scared that I was just terrible and that if, if anyone, if it got past production, if it got released and the whole world thought I was a terrible actor, I'd be like, oh, God, that's embarrassing. So <laughs> I feel like I probably wouldn't be that good an actor unless I really, really, really... Has some good training and some proper guide uh, guidance with it, but I know I don't think I would be a very good actor. Be a great idea. I'd love to be kind of one of those people like Jared Leto and Harry Styles where they just kind of do everything. <laughs> but I think I'd be slightly better actor than I would be a dancer. But that's about it. <laughs> um. So, tell me,
0: and uh the people listening at home and all over the world, I. Uh, Tell me
1: about All My Friends. Where can we hear it? What's it about? So, All My Friends is a song I wrote actually just at the end of all our COVID lockdowns in the UK. And I think I wrote it because I was scrolling through Facebook or Twitter, and I started seeing a lot of my old school friends all starting to settle down, get married, have kids, and it was kind of relentless. It felt relentless at the time. And I just remember seeing and thinking, wow, I'm really, I'm, I'm really not, I'm never not there. No, like I can't imagine <laughs> it. It was all people as well. That was always be the kind of people that were maybe smoking weed at school or going out and getting really, really drunk and fucked up. And I'd, and I'd go, and now they're having kids and they've got a house and they've, and I was always a slightly not sensible, but I was always a bit more like, music I need to focus on songwriting I've got a gig tomorrow I've got this and so I feel like seeing that made me go wow like all my friends are having babies and I just can't quit this like I just and and sometimes it it drives me insane like I go why can I never appreciate nice things in life without resorting them back to music and it all stemmed from this kind of feeling and I think that night as well I went out I had quite a few drinks and I'm I, i I'm someone that really, really likes to drink as well. I love beer. I love wine. I love spirits. I'm just a, I'm a big drinker and I really, really enjoy it. And I love the taste as well. So going out every night, especially when you live in a big city as well, it kind of just happens when you've got a big circle of friends as well. And I remember just thinking, literally, the people that I used to be friends with five, ten years ago are now settled down having babies, literally building families. And I'm just in Soho drinking like my eighth beer of the night with like, like just a weird feeling in my head that maybe I maybe I'd missed out on something. So and I think that resonates with and it resonated with my, with my producer when I took it to the studio I and mean, he goes, literally everyone feels like that. Everyone feels like that. Because no, even the people having kids are going, oh, I should have followed that dream or I should have taken that job or I shouldn't have put myself in a situation. Everyone will always look at things, other things they don't have, over the things they have automatically. So I wrote that and I thought, you know what, I don't want this to be a sad song. Uh, It's so easy to make anything, any slightly negative lyric into a ballad. And I just thought, I want to write a party rock song that is just something that people shove on in parties and scream at each other, but also that has that kind of hidden thing underneath. And I think that over the past few years, I've started being really more open with my bisexuality. And I felt like it was something that I was always never really wanting to discuss or open with because I was scared that one... My friends wouldn't understand i was scared that two the music industry wouldn't understand and no one would ever want to sign me and three that i just didn't i didn't know if i was okay with it and i think that this song kind of made me come to terms with everything and go what you know what all my friends are having babies i fucking love doing this though and it's all right to be open with yourself it's all right to be on your own journey um and it's all right to kind of not be perfect so i think if if you feel in any way that anything i've just said kind of resonates with you i hope you really enjoy all my friends it's it's one of those songs that i think is a really 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 fun song to sing along with and to listen to and i really hope it it kind of connects with people in that way
0: nice it's it, it's fantastic um it's it's definitely you should be very proud of it
1: um i love it and
0: you know mine is the only opinion that matters in this hour so <laughs> <laughs>
1: i'm very 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 glad you like
0: it yeah so so what's next for you what what can we expect in the future from you
1: so, I mean, obviously, ideally, world tours, several platinum selling albums. But for the time being, <laughs> I've got a, I'm working towards my next EP, um, which I think by the time this comes out, it might be announced anyway. So, it's going to be called Meridian. I have this, I have this basically, this, this sequence going with EPs where they're all based on times of the day. And they're all based on times of the day. Actually, I usually wrote those songs. So, my first EP was called Early Hours which is where I couldn't sleep and I was writing songs. My second EP was Daybreak, which was during lockdown, where I just had nothing to do mid-morning. And so when I woke up, I just started writing songs in the morning. And then This Is Meridian, it's all kind of songs that I've been writing recently and that I've been playing maybe over the summer festivals um, and that kind of thing. And it's going to be a really, really up-tempo, really, really more of a rocky, fun ep and so i'm working on that i'm kind of wanting to get the best songs possible on that to to release and i'll probably release a few songs beforehand as well to give a few teasers and that kind of thing and then i just want to i just want to play as many shows as possible i just want to keep spreading my music around and i think that the more people that connect with it the happier i hope it makes them and the happier it makes me so it's kind of it's two-way happiness i guess
0: excellent and uh Tell the listeners uh, where they can find you on uh, social media and all that good stuff.
1: So uh, if you want to find me on social media, my uh, Instagram is at drew Thomas music and it's the same on Twitter, drew Thomas music. I think it's the same on TikTok. Um, Just put at drew Thomas music and for Spotify, just type in drew Thomas. Um, I should be the first one that comes up. Uh, I'll be very annoyed if I'm not, but there is another drew Thomas that, is gonna get a slap at some point if he gets big. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, just Drew Thomas everywhere, Drew Thomas music on, on social media. So and yeah, just reach out if if you like my music, just let me know. I'd love to chat. Thank
0: you um, so much for being here today. I have enjoyed this immensely. Uh, I'm I'm very very excited to see uh, what the future holds for you. Um, I feel like it's it's gonna be big things
1: honestly thank you so much and thank you for for the questions that literally so i just love talking about music and i love kind of expressing any kind of thought i have in my head so having a platform to be able to do it is great
0: (laughs) i mean hey and anytime you want to come back just uh drop me a line i'll have you back on
1: oh i will i will